Democrats going into this House Democrats wanted, they, they said the quote to us was, we need a blockbuster. They're saying we want a blockbuster opening hearing. Did they get it? They saw Bill Taylor was their best witness. And no, they didn't. They didn't get it. There was, there was tiny slivers of new information, but no new major piece that's going to uh, move this on. To look at it cynically, Democrats are hoping that this is going to be riveting enough that it's going to move public opinion such that those Senate Democrats will move to convict him. Uh, we saw nothing today that would do that. Jonathan Swan of Axios, definitely not a right winger. Oh, no, he's he's a celebrated guest all the time on CNN, MSNBC. And Morning Joe and all those sure. shows. Yeah, yeah, regularly. He said the Democrats told him they needed a blockbuster day. They did not get a blockbuster day. Yep. And nothing uh, that moved the needle happened yet. Now, maybe there's some new information to come out next week, but... Oh, it'll have to be new. It'll have to be something new. That would be the true Perry Mason surprise witness busting in from the back doors, which never happens. I expect a woman to walk in from the back. I have something to say. And she's got a long cigarette and a big hat. <laughs> well, that would be exciting. <laughs> Having watched and yes, listened. Yes, I knew Donald Trump. I also knew the president of Ukraine. I would like to introduce you to your Ukrainian baby. Ah, <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> Having watched and listened to hours and hours of this stuff yesterday, I will tell you this. Uh, I became convinced that the whole uh, uh, do-si-do with the president of Ukraine and the aid and the investigation and the uh, the, the, the corruption and the rest of it, it was, like, it, it was sloppy foreign policy. It was kind of dumb and impulsive. It was not good. Um, and it's exactly the sort of thing that if you, uh, if you think it's bad, you ought to vote for somebody else. If you can put up with it, well, vote for that guy again. But the idea that the Ukrainians waiting for 10 days for aid, and it's aid that the Democrats were against when their guy was in the White House. And Trump said, yeah, yeah, we'll give it to him, but I want him to do this first. And and then, again, 10 days later, they got the raid when the whistleblower came out. It's just, it's such a no harm, no foul. I mean, if you think it's sloppy, haphazard, and, and impulsive foreign policy, vote the guy out. But the idea that you yank the president out of office... Months before an election over this, I'm telling you, it's just not good enough. And and I'm pretty critical of of everything he did. It's just, it's just, it's it's dumb. But it's not impeachable, and nobody thinks it is. Nobody sincerely thinks it is. According to Axios, again, the painstakingly nonpartisan polling and uh, journalism organization. 81% of voters say their beliefs on Trump impeachments are mostly sad. 81%. So you might have 19% of Americans who are persuadable. And they could split. Right, exactly. And I, Well, I was just about to say, given yesterday's proceedings, which was not a good look for the president, but it was really not that big a deal. And don't ask me. Ask Jonathan Swan. Um the chances are that every single one of that 19% would go pro-impeachment and thereby move the hearts and minds of Republican senators. There's no friggin' way. And again, yesterday was the big day. That was the carefully orchestrated blockbuster dramatic hearing. We're done here, folks. I don't care how hard Wolf Blitzer tries to tell you that this is historic. The historic hearings. Tomorrow's going to be another historic day. History will mention it, sure, but uh, move then move on quickly to uh, this year's uh, college football champion. I, I, hope, I hope this is the last go-around of this before the election it's next November. It's almost got to be. 
I hope from here on out we don't have any more of these historic hearings. Unless it turns out that the, uh, Trump like ignored 150 uh, parking tickets in Manhattan. And the Manhattan District Attorney announces this sort of scofflaw behavior is clearly a high crime and a misdemeanor. And Bob Mueller comes back out of retirement and whatever. I just, I will not be led by the nose by cable news. I'm kind of excited that after the show Again. today... After the show today, we're doing a uh, podcast with Mark Halperin, How to Beat Trump, his new book, where he talked to America's top political strategists from from uh, the, the D side and the R side about what it would take to beat Trump. Step one, you got to get him into the late rounds, eighth or ninth. His cardio is not good. You get him into the deep waters, I don't think he can swim with Clearly you. Clearly work the body. We're going to do a long podcast with Mark Halperin, and he's got a lot of interesting stuff to say on that front, and we'll uh, bring you highlights of that tomorrow. Well, that reminds me, uh, when are we going to release the big uh, book review slash book club podcast? Friday? Tomorrow. Excellent. Yeah, with uh, Tim Sandifer and Craig Gottwalls and the two of us talking about a fabulous book. Um, so, so grab that uh, starting tomorrow at some point. Uh, one more political note, although it's not Beltway political note. It's, um, uh, well, it's the craze. You've, you've heard uh, progressive politicians pitch this sort of stuff, uh, and, and a surprising number of Republicans going along with it, the $15 minimum wage, pumping up the minimum wage. And, you know, we've talked about the wisdom of that and the lack of wisdom of that and the study after study that shows it eliminates entry-level jobs. And by and large, people suffer because of this, because you can't reinvent the labor market just because the government says, I think people should make fourteen fifty. That's not how economics work. And the number of people who don't understand that make me crazy. But it's now the big turnout the vote strategy by Democratic parties in the states. Florida, for instance, has got this $15 minimum wage. It's not immediate. It, it kind of phases it in, which at least is r- more reasonable. Um, but they've decided that that's a great way to get left-leaning voters to show up for, you know, presidential gubernatorial elections. So you're going to hear about a lot of those measures, and it's not people who who truly believe it will help the working class because it is indisputable. It doesn't, Um, but it's a get-out-the-vote effort. So look for that in the state near you. Um, coming up, I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, college and how good an idea it is in the modern world. Oh, I'm sorry. The one thing is this this is the successor to legalized marijuana laws, which have been shown to turn out uh, left-leaning young young uh, gotcha. uh, voters. So this is this is the uh, minimum wage is the new pot. This has just come to people's realization as nobody's actually reading Hillary Clinton's book. Hillary and Chelsea Clinton wrote a book called Gutsy. How about, many is this about way, women? Books I don't know. From Hillary? She's made a lot of money. It's at least books. three, right? Well, there, there's, it there, doesn't there's a certain belief that she wrote a book so she could go around and get her name out there again and mm. be part of the argument and be drafted into running for president. But uh, her book, Gutsy, it came up while she was in England that Margaret Thatcher is not mentioned in her book of gutsy historic female figures oh my god how'd you leave out margaret thatcher who you could make a pretty easy argument for is the most powerful successful woman <laughs> maybe ever certainly in modern history yeah unless you want to get go past, back to some queen who you, had the, the protestant slaughtered or yeah, whatever you got to get past cleopatra and elizabeth the <clears> first <throat> mm-hmm. um uh but but yeah she'd be right up there at the very top uh 
And Hillary Clinton said Margaret Thatcher was not included in her book because Margaret Thatcher didn't try to make a positive difference for other women. (laughs) Jonah Goldberg, Jonah Goldberg said translation. One of the gutsiest politicians, male or female of the last 50 years, doesn't qualify as a woman and or gutsy because she didn't check ideological boxes that Clinton thinks are more important. Correct. The fact that Margaret Thatcher was fighting for a smaller government and more personal liberty uh, doesn't count, so that's not gutsy. No. No. Even though she turned the tide completely briefly, unfortunately, in Great Britain, um, uh, that doesn't count as gutsy. Isn't that a measure of our times? Isn't that a great uh, statement of where we are in terms of, of thought and ideology? I mean, if I were to sit here and claim that Franklin Delano Roosevelt was not one of the, the great presidents, one of the powerful presidents, one of the impactful presidents, that would make me a moron. Right. I mean, I, there are plenty of things he did that I think were a mistake. I didn't like him. I thought they led the country in the wrong direction. Quite a few that he did that I think were probably a good idea. But to deny his impact would make me a crazy person. Unbelievable. Unless maybe you're running for president. Is going to college still a good idea? I got three different things. Two articles in the Washington Post today. Uh, one about do you get a return on investment? They, they, they attempted to actually put numbers to it. Do you get a decent return on investment in going to college now in the modern world? The answer right. might surprise you, says the Washington and, Post. And NASA has identified the Nazi planet. <laughs> <laughs> Blow it up! Nazi Germany. Really? Yes. That's hilarious. Oh, yes. Stay tuned. Hilarious but true, Jack. <laughs> Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Jordan brought it yesterday for the Republican side on impeachment. He's good at that. If I ever get in trouble, I don't want him arguing on my side, especially if I'm guilty. I think he's really good at arguing. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Just in general. So if I'm guilty, I want him uh, to, to, to confuse people and I get off. That's what uh, I want. That reminds idea. me of uh, the frequently used uh, lawyer's uh, slogan, reasonable doubt at a reasonable price. Yeah. Um, uh, so Marshall will have a little of that in his news coming up. And man, there's like another week of this or more. So, yeah, well, I've that's got, fine. They can do whatever they want. I'm checking out. I got three different college things here. I'm trying to pull together for a, for a little conversation. And I think about this stuff a lot because I have a seven year old and a nine year old. And so I'm, you know, a decade out from that decision making, uh, or w- w- when, when the decision will, you know, hit. But, um, God, things could change so much in that amount of time. I, I don't know. But I think about this stuff a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think about Jordan Peterson saying he thinks the university system is currently a net negative for the United States, which is pretty interesting in the way it, uh, it's it, educating people to, in all these crazy different ways and sending them out into the world. Right. Really twisting their minds to believe stuff that's not only not true, but dangerous and, and morally reprehensible. But I got three different articles here, and then obviously our own opinions. Um, one is uh, about, is there still a value in college? Just trying to break down the numbers of, this is what it costs to go. Does it pay for itself? And it's really difficult methodology to try to work that out um, for a variety of reasons in that you you can use 
historical numbers, because they're looking 40 years out in some cases. Mm-hmm. Over time, you know, how, where does it pay 40 years out versus if you didn't go to college? Right. Well, how, how do you predict that 40 years from now? As college is a lot different now than it was right uh, decades ago, which yeah. this other article gets to to a certain extent. And it does say, um, they make the, the clear point that at your, your really top Ivy League schools like Harvard and Stanford, college definitely pays. God, the obvious problem with that, though, as the president of Harvard said, I look around the campus and I see all rich kids. They're rich kids. The well, fact that they do better long term than the average person at other colleges doesn't surprise me just based on that. Well, and it pays frequently because the alumni of these schools hire fellow alumni. Who are other, you know, part, it's a, yeah. old boys and girls club. Yeah, part Loyalty. of it. Part of it being the education place you went to, part of it being the, that class of wealth. So, you know, the fact that, that rich Harvard kids go on to make more money than people who went to a different college, yeah, I think they were probably going to no matter what. Um, but I don't know. That's that's difficult to break down. Right. Well, but they say it's much less clear than it used to be, except for if you're going into a specific, like nursing they use as a good example, or, or, or pharmacy school. Um, there's specific examples of where you can get this degree and go out and make a living. It's harder in some of the other degrees than it used to be to prove mm-hmm. that it's going to be worth it in the future. I don't know. Historically... The unemployment rate's been a lot lower for college graduates, um, and people make more money over time. I don't know if that's going to continue to be true. This other part from George Will, higher education has become a net subtraction from reasonableness, um, talks about uh, just the change on on campus of what people major in, and this is kind of a little bit of what I was talking about. The um, number of English positions in colleges shrunk 55% since 2008, English majors declined from 1,000 to 208 years at the University of Michigan. Went from 1,000 English majors to 208 years. Wow. And um, That's odd. Yeah. Now it's whatever grievance studies majors taking up the slack. And a lot of it, it's because it's repelling students who care about actual literature more than literary critical approaches where you get in there to just read stuff and you know this person was the uh, uh, the, the guy from England that uh, currently gets a colonial uh, one boy George anyway famous author why can't it's popped out of my head but anyway they're tearing down his statues and no longer allow various things to be studied in college because he was a a part of colonialism he wrote yeah. some some books up with that right so you can't right. study him anymore uh, and they also use the example of um, same thing with history. Oh, I remember you talking about that. Absolutely. In that I uh, I, I thought it would be kind of cool to get a history degree, looked into my local university, and there's no way you could study stuff like, you know, the colonial period in the United States or the Civil War or that sort of thing. Everything was some sort of grievance this or that. Right. It was It was ethnic studies through history, gay people through history, you know, all that sort of stuff. Right. Um, uh, history departments, George Will writes, almost seem to be engaged in a race to discover the most marginalized subject imaginable, <laughs> as opposed to getting away from broad, uh, you know, matters of history that could apply. So you get you kind of getting it from both ends. If you if you will, history majors have as much ability to make a living in the future, having studied such a marginal portion of history? I, yeah, I get I, what you're saying. Yeah. I don't know. Well, and not only that, uh, honestly, that stuff is really interesting, uh, but if you just take the 30,000-foot view of it, universities have gone from a place where you shed your childish emotionalism and and previous beliefs 
and were subjected to, gifted with, a much more cosmopolitan exchange of ideas and challenges and 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 looking at perspectives that you never considered and just that whole thing. Now it's become the opposite. It's become an exercise in groupthink. Now, if you cherished Western civilization and logic and science and 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 the rest of it, uh, natural rights, whatever, well, then you will have those views challenged. But then you need to get in line to the one true religion. Uh, of of you know intersectionality and critical race theory and the rest of it and the idea of challenging your notions whatever they are is dead and George Will or at least it's dying George Will in the Washington Post uses the phrase um, if you're surrounded by bias response teams which is in quotes so I guess yeah. that's a thing yeah bias response teams who are in hot pursuit of perpetrators of microaggressions right well here's let me phrase it as a question college graduates do they come out of college more flexible and open-minded or less so they come out more rigid angry and inflexible so this might like a lot of things that happen in democracy be self-correcting in that half of young people believe a high school degree is enough for a good paying job i'll have to get to those numbers coming up Hmm. what do you got coming up in your news marshall well we got impeachment tactics changing by the minute after gop star jim jordan really brings it during the first round of those hearings and we could be looking at a major breakthrough in peanut allergy treatments oh wow that'd be that'd be good news for a lot of people that's a scary thing. And yep. other what kids a, could go back to eating peanut butter at school. Which what would about be nice. cashews, the forgotten nut? More on that. More on that. People's views or young people's views of uh, college education and whether it's worth it or not coming up in just a little bit. Also, country music's biggest night, which they say every couple of weeks. But I actually think the CMA Awards actually are the biggest country music award, for what that's worth. Garth Brooks won Entertainer of the Year. I would have not seen that coming a couple of years ago. That is the first time I've given a damn about any country music award show ever. I was shocked to see that. But he he, for re- him. he retired forever right. to, to raise kids and whatnot with his wife, and then comes back and is Entertainer of the Year at, at, at the age of old and fat. Um, is he going by his real name now, or is it still Chris Gaines? <laughs> He's going by Garth Brooks, okay. yes. Um, news now with Marsha Phillips. All right, we are getting word that at least seven people have been hurt after a school shooting in Southern California. It happened at Saugus High School this morning in northern L.A. County. Uh, that's about 40 miles north of Los Angeles. It's not clear if the people who were hurt are suffering gunshot wounds or if they were trampled. The suspect, described as an Asian male dressed all in black, is still at large. So those details just coming in. All right. Some Republican senators are reportedly considering staging a long impeachment trial in January to interfere with the Democratic presidential race. <laughs> I think this is a bad strategy. Washington Post says private discussions are being held among the GOP senators as the Democrats hold the impeachment hearings in the House. Wouldn't that be a hilarious turn of events, though? So you get through the whole House thing, there's no new bombshells, so there's no reason to expect... That Trump's not going to be acquitted. Right. So the Republicans are dragging it out, and then the Democrats are saying, this is a dog and pony show. Right. You're just trying to make this last longer. <laughs> you Let's might get even... to the voting. We know he's not guilty. Let's vote. <laughs> you might even have the Democrats in the House vote against referring it to the Senate for the trial, and you have Republicans say, no, 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 no. I think we ought to impeach the guy. Yeah, yeah. Let's have a trial. Yeah. But the reason I think it's a bad strategy yeah. is if you're a Republican, you want Bernie and Liz out there on the trail trying to win the nomination hell yeah i don't think you want to hold them back 
maybe they win. Maybe they just weaken the moderates. But you want them out there. Yeah, I wonder if cooler heads will prevail and see it that way. Well, apparently there's a lot of debate going back and forth on that one. Meanwhile, Wednesday's first public hearing in the House impeachment inquiry provided a new detail. Ambassador Bill Taylor testified he had recently been told by an aide who overheard President Trump on the phone discussing military uh, aid to Ukraine that he had said investigations, that the president had been talking about investigations with Ambassador William Sundland. I am willing to concede every single point of fact alleged by Adam Schiff, D, California. And it ain't enough, and nobody cares. Republican Representative Jim Jordan jumped on the secondhand nature of Taylor's testimony, though. You didn't listen on President Trump's call and President Lissy's call? I did not. You've never talked with Chief of Staff Mulvaney? I never did. You never met the president? That's correct. You had three meetings again with Zelensky and it didn't come up. And two of those they had never heard about as far as I know. And President there was Lissy, no reason for and it President Zelensky never made an announcement. This, this is what I can't believe. And you're their star witness. You're their first witness. Uh, do you know one thing? As a man with a conscience, allegedly, the assassination of these guys' characters, politics is a blood sport. It's yeah. an ugly, ugly sport. Anything goes. Uh, eye gouging, uh, 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 kicks to the groin, whatever. Um, but trying to impugn these guys in advance, I realized that was just one of the strategies. They were serious dudes and, and, and fine men. You know, they have their opinions about what foreign policy ought to be, but they did not come off as partisan in the least. Jim, Jim Jordan's good at what he does. It was a good idea bringing him onto the team. I think one of those guys, uh, he said during the hearings that he'd served under five different presidents, yeah. three Republican, yeah. two Democrat. Oh, wow. You know who is a jerk to him? You know who's just, what's uh, what's the best word we can use on the air for a person who's a, a male who's not a good person? Can I use the D word? Yeah, we have in the past. In the past yeah. Doesn't mean it's a good idea. Yeah. But you know who's the biggest How about a scoundrel? dick out there? Hmm. And he's running for president is that Julian Castro. Oh, Did yeah. you see his act yesterday? Yeah. Uh, why are you yelling at these guys? They're on your side, dude. He did this routine. We should get the tape. It was just, I wanted to leap through the speaker as I was listening to it and punch him in the freaking face. I missed that. I want to hear it. So he's saying to these guys, is murder a crime? No, answer the question. Is murder a crime? Well, yes, murder's oh. a crime. Well, then is no, stealing no, no. It a was, crime? It was <laughs> attempted, attempted murder a crime. Yeah, whatever it, it was. Yeah. But just his whole angle and his tone was yeah. like, yeah, I get what you're doing. Quit yelling at me. Yeah, I hey, understand what you're doing here. That guy was an infantry commander in Vietnam. How about you show him a little respect, and you he, weasel? He's just a jerk. Yeah. With his whole, oh, have you already forgotten? Have you already forgotten, Mr. Biden? I mean, he's just a jerk. Yeah. He's a bad person. Yeah, here, here. I think you're you're conflating your Castros. This is not the one running for president. This is, is his, his brother. brother? Yeah. Wow, yeah. so they're both the same way? Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. Boy. They're both the same kind of guy. Because that was a jerk move on those two dudes that are mostly on your side. Oh, you can't answer the question? I think we would all agree that not the easy dude. Desperate grandstanding. Wow. Boy, Congress people make the skin crawl, don't they? A new study is showing that antibody injections could be a treatment for severe peanut allergies. Experts express their optimism the injections will pave the way for creating multiple methods to prevent the life-threatening allergies. The doctors and professors at Stanford University uh, happen to uh, be very hopeful about this. The study was being done at Stanford, and they hope the Food and Drug Administration can fast-track 
the study and get it into more and more testing areas. I'm surprised it took this long because I got the allergy shots years and years yep. ago. It just saved my life, your your pollen-type allergies yep. and trees and grasses. So it made a difference for you? Oh, saved my life, yeah. yeah. Boy, my brother got the shots. It didn't make any difference really? for Really? He still has never breathed through his nose in his entire life. Wow. He's been to all kinds of different clinics. How's his and... septum? Hmm. Sorry to hear that. Well, like Joe, I got the shots from the time I was three until I was 18 years old. Once really? Week. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I had really severe allergies, too. And again, mm. they saved my life. So, mm. pleased to see this. Hey, one last note. The Kaepernick comeback. At least 10 of the NFL's 32 teams will send personnel to watch quarterback Colin Kaepernick's workout on Saturday. How old is he now? How old is Colin? He hasn't had he's a, 30... I think he's 32. 32? Yeah, I was going to okay. say 32. Boy, he's had yeah. a number of prime years go by, though, yeah. for an that, athlete. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Well, you know when we do our One More Thing podcast, where we have a little time to stretch out and jabber and, and go deep into right. something? I wouldn't mind talking about Colin Kaepernick for a while. Not just shouting slogans right. back and forth. Because I think he's an interesting character, and it's been it's been a, you know an American story. That has a lot of angles to it. The pig socks were too much. That's oh, the one I God. can't forgive yeah. him for. Oh, no, that was horrible. It's absolutely terrible. And he's a, a gifted athlete and a young man under the sway of an activist girlfriend and at age 25 or whatever he said stupid stuff. I mean, I just... And then you've got the question of football teams. What role do they play in an American community? What, to, what about PR? Right. You know, the only reason right. he's not on a football field right now is PR. He's a gifted athlete. He's certainly a, a second-string guy. I think you could hire him now, and it wouldn't be that big a deal. Well, I I would agree, too. And then you've got the question of, okay, you have wife beaters, uh, alleged rapists. Oh, yeah, actually bad yeah. human beings. Colin Kaepernick could live next to me. I'd be fine. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Some of these dudes, I, I do would not want. babysit my kids. There's plenty of these dudes I do not want living near anywhere near me right. or near my wife or kids, and they're on teams. Yeah. Colin, you can babysit my kids who are adults, by the way. So that's <laughs> number one. That's weird. Uh, just don't bring up any wackadoo politics, all right? But so anyway, but yeah, there's a I, whole just, bunch I of, think there's a lot to the story that's interesting. There's a whole bunch of guys on teams you would yeah. never leave alone with your wife or kids. Oh no, no way. There you go. That's your news. Not Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. And, I just and our philosophy around here is if you have a guy saying stupid stuff or or wearing the pig socks like Colin Kaepernick, I don't want him ruined and flushed down the toilet of, of sports history. I want to engage. I want to talk to him. I want to argue with him. I want to point out the flaws of his argument and have him point out the flaws in mine. I don't see any need to ruin people because they say stupid stuff, even as crazy stupid as he said and. And just prejudiced against the cops, um, I, well, just, I don't think he should be ruined for life. Well, and especially, I mean, you can't emphasize this enough, especially if you're going to have guys on the team who've been beating up their girlfriends since high school. Right. Or knocking up half a dozen, a dozen women across the country and not raising the kids. The rest of it's just absolutely reprehensible. Uh, Colin Kaepernick and I could argue about policing and brutality and come away you know, with a little respect for each other. What are you going to say to a, a, a wife beater? Hey, you shouldn't beat up women. What's he going to say back to you? He's going to punch you, probably. Well, probably, yeah. Um, right. Anyway. There's a little more Jim Jordan I want to play, just because I thought he was pretty entertaining, so we could hit you with a couple of those highlights, and then that uh, poll of young people about uh, getting a good-paying job versus a college education, that sort of thing. All on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. 
The Armstrong and Getty Show. Ambassador Taylor recalls that Mr. Morrison told Ambassador Taylor that I told Mr. Morrison that I conveyed this message to Mr. Yarmouk on September 1st, 2019 in connection with Vice President Pence's visit to Warsaw and a meeting with President Zelensky. We got six people having four conversations in one sentence, and you just told me this is where you got your clear understanding. That would uh, be what scholars refer to as the Benny Hillization of testimony. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to give it that feel. That was quite something. Jim Jordan's good at that for the Republicans. That's why he was brought on the committee late in the game, and and he understands the the performance nature of these hearings. Mm -hmm. That's what it's about. Sure, yeah. Um, defense attorneys engage in a handful of stuff. They they carefully question witnesses and, and evidence and, and the rest of it, and they just try to confuse jurors in not convicting. This stuff exists on multiple levels. Both sides do it. And Jordan's good at it, man. We have our longest sentence yet in the college admissions scandal. Somebody's going to spend six months in jail, probably won't spend that whole time in there. You know, it's not very long, but the idea that super rich who paid their kids into great universities so they could brag to their friends get to have to spend any time in jail, I find pretty enjoyable. Yeah, I, I, I find the whole thing odd, but whatever, Your Honor. Yeah, but the reason I brought that up is it, it, it fits in with what I was talking about earlier. Just The whole college thing is just so out of control. I mean, on every level, the the, the growing cost... Fewer professors, more middle management, less classes. Kids are learning less in their four years than they ever did before, taking less classes. Mm-hmm. It's the, the, the classes are weirder and prepare you less for the world. Yeah, the bizarro ideology being pitched constantly. All of it is just so interesting to yeah. me. Yeah. And then you got this study out today, which is kind of interesting. Half of young people, more than half of Americans ages 13 through 29. I don't know why you ask a 13-year-old, because they don't really have a lot of life experience on this stuff, but it's yeah. int- we'll know what their opinion is. And You certainly have a different life experience at 29 than you do at 13, or maybe you don't anymore. <laughs> um, more than half of Americans ages 13 to 29 do see college as a path to economic success, but 4 in 10 <clears throat> believe a bachelor's degree prepares people only somewhat well or even poorly for today's economy. Meanwhile, about half said their high school education has provided the skills they need to get a good job right after they graduate. 45% say a high school diploma is good preparation for future successful workers. Then a, uh, a research professor gets into the numbers that says, well, this is just not backed up in a bunch of different ways. And, he, and he's right with some statistics um, that uh, uh, people with college degree always have lower unemployment rates and that sort of stuff historically. But some of this stuff I wonder about. Um, in 2018, the median earnings for wage earners with a high school diploma was $730 a week. For a bachelor's degree, it was $1,200. How about at the age of 25, though, or 27? Mm-hmm. I'd like it compared, not not uh, not uh, you know just overall. Not I don't want not just asking a is a 50 year old with a high school degree making less than the 50 year old with a college degree. Just as we get in, as as we see around us, and and then the stories are everywhere about people just you know staying at home and not making any money. I'd kind of like my kids to be making a living at at age twenty eight. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah. I, I don't know if that factors into the conversation or not anymore. I thought this one was interesting. Uh, similar reasons, the um, critics have pointed to the phenomenon of degree inflation whereby employers increasingly demand that job applicants have a college degree even when the skills of a college uh, given job don't require one. 
A Harvard Business School report from 2017 found that there are as many as 6 million jobs potentially require a college degree without a good reason. They just do. They just make assumptions about college degrees. Well, I remember when the rationale was an employer knows uh, you've been uh, exposed to a whole bunch of different ideas. You got your work done. You saw it through, though it was long and fairly difficult. Um, and, and you completed the college degree. It's just, it's a sign that you stick with things. I've always bought that argument. I think it's a reasonable argument. It's I not do, all powerful, but it's reasonable. I do too. Here's where I would like to challenge them on this though. How about, um, uh, college degree versus work experience as opposed to college degree versus you haven't done anything? Smoking pot in your parents' basement. Right. Yeah. So you've had a job. Here's your track record of uh, showing up, doing a good job, getting a raise or whatever. I'll bet that counts. I'll bet mm-hmm. people get hired with that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, more but, than any type of degree, 73% of young Americans said they think job experience is good preparation for success. Yeah, well, clearly it is. But just to finish my point, that that rationale that I mentioned has always been true, but it's less true now for the reasons Jack mentioned. And study after study shows this. There's less teaching. There's less learning. The kids come out of school knowing less. It's just, I might it think, is not what it was. I might think as an employer, you're going to be an incredible pain in the ass. Uh-huh. I'd at least be on the lookout for I would that. ask some questions to try to dig into what exactly <laughs> did you take away from your college experience. Yeah. So make sure you don't have just these crazy expectations for what the workplace is going to be like. I, I tell you what, that is a terrible problem. And uh, I am aware of uh, some young people, some of whom I care about a great deal, who are struggling because they believed what they were taught in college. And are ill-prepared for the colder realities of the workplace, where people don't give a crap about their feelings. They have a client. They have a job. It needs to get done. Well, I've had a major change in my attitude on this in just a few years. When my kids were born, my wife and I were fully on. Oh, of course they're going to go to college, and I, I'm put, putting money in whatever that account is that they let you do tax-free and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, preparing for that just assumed. I am definitely not certain that that's the right way to go at this point. And it could get worse before they get to college age. The other day I was at FedEx and there was a there was a young guy working there, kid. I shouldn't call him a kid. He's a grown up, but a kid working there and he was helping me. And he was just, man, he was working fast, moving around, help you with this, help you with that. I could, I could just tell him he's one of those people yeah. that's going to be fine in the world. And uh, I said, how you doing? He said, ah, two, two, two 12 hour days in a row. So I'm a little tired, but I'm doing okay. And I said, yeah, you're, you're, you're young. You can handle it. He said, yeah, I'm 20. So I figure I can do this sort of thing. And now I said, that's exactly what I was doing when I was 20. He said, I'm working 60 hours a week. I said, when I was 20, I was working 60 hours a week. You can do it when you're 20. Look at me, it ruined me. (laughs) I thought, I don't know about long term, but but I'll bet he's fine. This 20-year-old, who I assume is not in college, or didn't go to college because he's working 60-hour weeks at FedEx, Mm -hmm. he's definitely making more money at 20 than the vast majority of uh, 23-year-olds fresh out of college right now. Mm-hmm. And he, and, and on the, he'll be a manager at some point, and he'll either stay with FedEx and he'll go to something else. That's a perfectly reasonable career path. Unfortunately, culturally, if you tell your friends in a lot of parts of our country, if you tell your friends that your 20-year-old is uh, you know, working at FedEx as opposed to at whatever university getting whatever damn degree, they're seen as a failure. You're seen as a failure as parents. Right, it's a shame. It's a shame. I don't know how well, we fix that. You know, that. What Mike Rowe has been railing against for quite some time. The idea that getting a college degree. And listen, I'm not cynical about college in general. I just I, I loved it, and I'm so glad I did it and the rest of it. Um, although it has changed rather rapidly. 
But the idea that that is automatically clearly a better idea for your life and anybody who doesn't do it is is pathetic. I mean, that's just so misguided. There are so many people working soul-deadening drone cubicle jobs. Sorry if you're one of them. I mean, I don't judge you either. We all do our best in life. But who got the college degree, and really all they're qualified to be is a soul-deadened cubicle drone. Um the idea that that is the ideal is just crazy. Well, you know, different strokes for different folks. Sure, a lot of people like the, the, the reassuring, the, the day-in, day-outedness of some jobs. I'm not saying you're a bad person or I, I look down on you or anything. Um, I'm just saying the, ideal, the idea that that's some sort of great pinnacle of achievement is uh, odd. <laughs> anyway, these things will change. They hang on longer than they should. Yeah, well, that's one Everything reason, does. One reason I'm not holding to any particular belief is, geez, in 10 years, who knows where this is going to be. There all all so, college might be free, and everybody might be going and getting a worthless degree. I don't know. You know, it's a, the worst sort of cliche, follow the money, but um, there is so much money being made on the college scam. Oh, yeah. I mean, billions and billions of dollars um, that it, it, it will go away only when it is dragged off the quad kicking and screaming. And every university with all these mid-level people doing what? Nobody's exactly sure. Ugh.